Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show on this Monday after the Super Bowl from our studios, the Tony Snow Studio in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening. GuyBensonShow.com podcast free every day. Well, there was a lot of anticipation as there is every year. For the Super Bowl game itself, which we talked about a bit earlier with Brian Kilmeade, but also the TV commercials where people fork over millions of dollars, corporations and various entities to promote their products or promote their movies or what have you. And sometimes they are memorable commercials. Sometimes they are kind of cringy. I would say on the whole, my impression of the commercials last night, sort of eh. C minus, maybe worse. It was not a great bumper crop of Super Bowl ads, in my opinion. Some good ones. And then the halftime show. A lot of people were very interested to see this year's halftime show, which was an array of hip-hop and rap artists. And this was somewhat controversial to some people. I'm not a huge fan of the genre. I'm not a huge fan of any of the people that were on stage. But I was looking forward to seeing how they did it. I was looking forward to see how many of the songs I actually knew, not by heart, but knew of or recognized. And we'll get to that in a second. But first, let's quickly start with the ads. Christine, did you think the ads were good? I thought overall they weren't that terrific. I actually really enjoyed the ads. I'm kind of surprised that you gave such a low grade. Was there one or two that stick out maybe? Uh, The Sopranos one? With Meadow and AJ? Come on. You didn't love that one? I guess I was just tired of seeing car commercials only for electric cars. Like, does anyone use gas in their car anymore? Most of us do. So I just sort of, I don't know. I was over it. I did see the ad. I knew, of course, it was the Sopranos opening, even though I've never seen the Sopranos itself. When I was in high school, my broadcast partner, Dan Duva, and I edited together our own version of that Sopranos open with that song. We edited it, and it was us driving from our high school to the hockey arena where the high school team played, and we would play that before our hockey broadcasts on cable access. It was really good. I tweeted it. Did you see it on YouTube? I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm right now just shaded. Did I know this about you, that you've never seen The Sopranos? I have not. My brother's been on my case to go see it, and he recommends... A lot of good shows, right? Like he recommended Arrested Development, which turned into my favorite comedy of all time. He recommended The Wire, which I think is my favorite drama of all time. And he says, you've really got to watch The Sopranos. I'll get around to it. It's absolutely on my list. But I had watched the opening credits and Dan and I did our own sort of spoof of it. And I think the editing was good. You should go and watch it. I tweeted it last night. It's on YouTube. It was a fun project. So that commercial at least evoked that memory, and Dan and I were texting about it, but it didn't do much for me. Didn't get you that. Ex- what about the Pete Davidson Mayo commercial? I thought that was hysterical. Oh, I missed that one completely. I must have been getting dinner or going to the bathroom or something. Totally missed it. I liked the Austin Powers ad oh, with Dr. Yes. Evil. Yes, and Even Scotty. though, again, it was, I think, also for an electric car. It was crypto and electric cars all night. And I'm not really interested in either of those things. But that was a funny commercial. I loved that movie. That might have been the moment, by the way, Christine, when I realized, it dawned on me, that I have now reached the age where advertisers are pandering to my nostalgia. Right? Like, I think... When you're younger, you're like, oh, it's all these throwback things for older people. And they might like it, but I don't really care. But there's purchasing power. These advertisers, I'm sure, do a lot of demographic research. Who's got the money? 
who's in that sweet spot. And I guess now it's me. Yep. So I'm feeling a little older because more and more of these ads seem micro-targeted to me. Even if they don't work, they at least get my attention. I kind of get some of those warm and fuzzies flowing. I kind of felt like that during the halftime show because, you know, when they played the Stones a a few years ago, I'm like, oh, they're catering, you know, to the older crowd. And then, you know, out comes Dre. Congrats. That's us now. Yep. It's all us because my daughter knew none of it on halftime. And, and you know, I was trying to break it down for her. Me and Bobby are rapping. And she looks at us. She goes, I don't, I'm bored. Can I please have my iPad back? Because we took her iPad away so she could watch the halftime show with us. Nope, she wasn't having it. I thought that the halftime show was fantastic. I thought it was visually stunning. I thought the way they set the field up, like that little fake neighborhood with the map of L.A. underneath, the way that they had the dancers going through those houses and stuff, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I thought it was done incredibly well. It was shot beautifully. And I knew, not the lyrics, but I knew every song. Those were gigantic hits. I mean, did you notice? Of course you must have. The cameo, the surprise cameo from my close personal friend, 50 Cent. He didn't tell you? I call him my my close personal friend because I saw him on the street in Manhattan a few weeks ago. And we made eye contact and I nodded. So that counts. So there was a rumor that he was going to be there, and then he was. He did, of course, in the club. And I believe they closed out, I guess it wasn't the last song, but Eminem, Lose Yourself. I guess some people were complaining about him taking a knee. I didn't even see it. Did not notice it. I think it's him trying to be relevant and make a political statement, which is almost hilarious given all the things that he's said through the years, but whatever. That had no effect on my overall view of the show. I thought it was spectacularly done, hit after hit. And I saw some of the complaints were like, oh, this is too provocative. No, they edited out all the bad words. It was a radio-friendly Super Bowl halftime show. And the other complaint I saw was, oh, well, this was too niche. It only appealed to a certain segment of the population, and the Super Bowl halftime show should appeal to a wider array of Americans. I would like you to go and check out how many albums were sold combined by those artists, this is not niche stuff. No. This is mainstream, mega platinum stuff that may not be your genre. It's not mine either. But it is undeniably massive in terms of its reach in the United States. And it's not just an age group or a racial demographic. It cuts across a lot of that stuff. And I was really impressed. I thought that it was right up there with Prince, the year that he did it in the pouring rain, And I know it might be a hot take, but I loved Katy Perry's halftime show. One of the best spectacles I've ever seen in my life. I would put this one right up there with hers and Prince's. I I actually agree with you. I actually loved Katy Perry. Um, I thought this was good. I thought the only thing is we really just forgot about the younger people, you know, in the crowd, like any of the kids that are watching. Who cares? I don't care. And the thing is, like, they can discover this music, right? Some of them don't know it. Megan's eight, so maybe she's not going to be super into 90s hip-hop. I hope not. There will be younger kids who hear this music maybe for the first time. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. That always happens with halftime shows where people are like, oh, what is this Tom Petty character? Let me go download his music immediately. I love some of the reaction videos on YouTube where younger, like, Gen Zers hear things like Phil Collins, for example, for the very first time, and their minds are blown. I think you can pander to a certain generation while educating a new one. That's what I think this was. All right. I I think I tend to agree with you. I think my biggest complaint about the halftime show, it wasn't long enough. I wanted more. I especially wanted more Dr. Dre. I love me some Dr. Dre. If they took that show on the road with that set And that lineup, they would sell a lot of tickets. People would go and pay to see that in city after city after city. I might even. And it's not even directly in my wheelhouse at all. But they just did a phenomenal job. I was blown away. It was extremely well done. A-plus standing ovation from me. And I'm saying that as like a kind of boring white guy who loves Billy Joel. I just thought it was... Terrific all around. 
and lived up to the billing, unlike the commercials. In my opinion, Christine disagrees. Shock of all shocks. We're not seeing eye to eye on something. Maybe we'll agree on the home stretch tomorrow. Apparently, she has some interesting revelations to share. We will get to that tomorrow, Tuesday edition of The Guy Benson Show. Have a great night. In the meantime, see you on Special Report on the news channel. Back here on the radio tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Home stretch on this Tuesday on The Guy Benson Show, GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast always free, always on demand. Well, yesterday was Valentine's Day. We talked a little bit about our plans in advance. Not too much, but we should probably circle back and see how things went. Well, let's start with Dan, who had a date night planned with his girlfriend. Did it go well? Was the restaurant good? And how many times, Dan, did Christine badger you about a ring? So it went very well. Um, we made reservations, but turns out we didn't need them. It wasn't very crowded at all. Um, prices were fine. It was a very lovely dinner. We had a nice, quiet dinner by a little candlelight. It was fine. And no, I didn't get badgered until today about a ring from Christine. Oh, I she came forgot. in. She's yeah. She's like, "Have you been thinking about the ring, or did you forget, or what's going on there?" Does your girlfriend know that your colleague is constantly demanding that you propose? Absolutely no idea. Okay, that's probably for the best. Yes. Let's make sure we love everyone listening to the podcast, especially bonus bents and all the home stretch. All the home stretches. Maybe we just keep this particular podcast away from this one woman, at least for now. Yeah, I think she shouldn't listen to this one or a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the smart play at the moment. Meanwhile, Christine, I know you had basement expectations for your Valentine's Day because you were sort of uh, banging on Bobby for not liking to open the wallet on Valentine's Day. He thinks it's a ripoff, and I agree with him to a certain extent. How did everything end up going? Did you do anything? So I thought it was not going to be very eventful. I didn't realize it was going to be just like down and out bad. And uh, another person that I would like to not listen to, <laughs> to the home stretch would Nobody be Bobby. Nobody does. I know. So uh, we have a, uh, you know, one of those home kits, you know, like for dinners that arrive every week. You get like, oh, yeah, like three or course. four meals. Yep. So ours usually comes on Sunday. It did not come. Then uh, Bobby goes, oh, we'll just have one of those on Monday. You know, I'll cook it up nice. It'll be, you know, a little nice dinner. Okay, never came. So I just assumed when he was on the bus coming home from work, and it was my first day back from, you know, New York City commuting, I figured, oh, he'll just, like, you know, order in some nice food, and it'll be great. No, not only did he not order in, we did not have the home kit. We had nothing and I wound up just making myself ramen and not even like good ramen, just like the one out of the packet. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was. And then I just looked at him and I'm like, I'm going to bed. I was just so angry. And then he came upstairs and he's like, what's the matter? And I said, I understand we are 10 years into this and I understand Valentine's Day is not that big of a deal. But this really stunk. Yeah, making ramen for yourself is what a girl who just got dumped her freshman year of college does on Valentine's Thank Day. Thank you. Thank you for making it worse. Well, I'm, I'm actually just sort of agreeing with you. That's that's my spin on it. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. So. What did he say? Nothing much. He, oh, well, if you want, you know, you can go to a spa if you want to, like, do something like that. But he didn't do it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just give me the gift card or make the appointment. <laughs> Don't just say, like, if you want to do this, like, we can make that happen. So, you know, but you have to, like, keep a, a good head about yourself because it really is for Megan. And Megan had a good Valentine's Day. So she was very excited. She said a, a boy for the first time asked her to be his girlfriend. We obviously told Megan she's not allowed to date. Whoa. Yes. And she, thank God she said, Mom, he's so annoying. Actually, Mom, all boys are annoying. So I think we're, we're lucky there. We're good. Well, you're in the clear for a while, but she's eight. Yeah, that's going to start to turn. That's going to start to turn at what, 11? I don't know. Let me just tell you something. It seems to me, and I'm sure a lot of parents out there, it seems to me we're skipping a few years with girls especially. Like they're going from 8 to like 15 and forgetting all those years in between. I don't know what is happening. I'm seeing it a lot out there. (sighs) I'm not ready. Well, it seems like you've got at least a little bit of a reprieve for now. But her first suitor. 
who is, quote, annoying, <laughs> you'd probably like him. <laughs> I probably would. But, yes, Meanwhile, uh, poor Dan, right when he came in today, first I asked him about the dinner, and then immediately I zoned in right on the way, the ring. And I really went in, right, Dan? I, I was not letting up on this ring. Yeah, she's like, you can go here to get this. This is the kind of cut she wants. You need clarity. You need size. Well, any of our bosses listening to this was like Maria overhearing this? Could this be an HR issue? No, Dan and I were grabbing coffee, and then he, he uh. wasn't sure where to go, so I actually – allowed offered my services to help him actually find the ring so we've we've got our work cut out for us <laughs> okay yeah we're, let's not make any big uh commitments here on the radio show for the sake of the home stretch segment dan just take your time do it all offline and there's a list of about a million people i would recommend before producer christine for life advice but I understand that you're now seeing her every day, so should face I, to face. So should I not ask her how to propose? That's a bad oh, idea? Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> you should ask me because my proposal story is amazing. Okay. And so that that is a story that I think I've told. I'm not sure if I told it on the air here, but exactly, Christine, you, you have to admit, you have to admit my proposal story was A+. plus. It was epic, and we definitely talked about that because that was during Benson and Harf days when you got engaged. That is true. That and then is that's, true. That's when we started planning, you know, yours and my wedding. It was amazing. Oh yeah, you refer to it. You refer to it as our wedding. Dan shaking oh, his head. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Dan, you should shake your head. You've missed a lot <laughs> since you just joined the show in the last couple of months. There's a whole history there, and you're slowly learning about it on a daily basis. So welcome and congratulations. I would say our Valentine's Day was somewhere in between Dan's and Christine's. We didn't have big plans. Adam went over to the grocery store and picked up some food. He cooked. I think he was a little underwhelmed by his own performance on a few of the side dishes, but the steaks that he grilled were really good. And because I'm trying to be a little bit better, I did not have wine with the steak, even though it would have been delicious. So we hung out, and we chatted, and we had a little dinner on the late side, but I had a lot of work to do yesterday. I ended up getting bumped from a special report, which you may have noticed I was promoting it on the air. There was just a whole series of events. Sometimes it happens. It's live TV. So I got home a little bit later than I would have normally, but a little bit earlier than anticipated because of the change on the TV side. But I wanted to get a workout in. I had to do some work that I didn't get around to earlier. So it was a late dinner. And then what we ended up doing was watching. So this is a reality show that's been on for I mean, years. I think maybe decades now. We have never watched it. It's on CBS, The Amazing Race. Have you seen The Amazing Race, Christine? I love The Amazing Race, and I love who's on The Amazing Race yes. this year. Yes, so this is why we're watching. I will openly say that when I don't know someone who's a contestant, I'm not sure I will watch again in the future, even though it's a cool concept and... It's neat, the things that they have them do. It's actually kind of stressful to watch. Like, I, I feel myself getting stressed out and my blood pressure rising watching this show, even though that doesn't happen to me watching other stressful shows, like the cooking competition shows. I can just chill, even as the pressure ratchets up on those programs. Not The Amazing Race. I don't know what it is about the music or the editing, but you start getting into it, if you're unfamiliar, you can just, you know, Google it or look up the Wikipedia page. They have contestants. It's teams of two, and they go all over the world on what amounts to an elaborate international scavenger hunt requiring various tasks and challenges and all this stuff. And the winners at the end win a million bucks. And you can win money and prizes and trips along the way as well. So I believe they're currently in Corsica is the, the current stage of the competition in this season. These are the first episodes I've ever watched of The Amazing Race. Although my buddy, very close friend of mine who lives in New Orleans, I'm actually going to see him this week when I go down there, he loves the show. He and his wife would excel on this show. He's the guy, I've mentioned him, he's been on the air actually. He wrote the children's book, he's been on Jeopardy, he's been on Millionaire, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. He, I think, should try out for The Amazing Race with his wife. They would be excellent contestants, but they've got young kids, so maybe just wait. Seems like this show isn't going anywhere. It's a hit. Anyway, that's a long wind-up to the reveal. If you're not watching Amazing Race this season, you don't know. 
that another previous guest on this program is one of the players, right? one of the guys as part of a team on the show this season, Ryan Ferguson. You might remember that interview. If you missed it, you should go back, Google it, my name and his name, Ryan Ferguson. The full hour from our podcast is a must-listen. I had Ryan and his father on this show a couple months ago before the holidays-ish. Ryan was wrongfully convicted of murder. He was put in prison for a decade for a murder that he did not commit. He lost his entire 20s behind bars based on this wrongful conviction. There's a documentary about it on Netflix called Dream Killer. It is shocking. It is enraging. Anyway, he has sort of become a friend. And he's dating someone that we know because it's Adam's cousin. She works in our industry here. And because we were able to get him on the show and chat with his dad, we had dinner that night. He and his girlfriend came down for our Christmas party. We now kind of know him. He's a super nice guy. I mean, his attitude is amazing, given that he was robbed of some of the best years of his life. So he and one of his best friends are contestants on The Amazing Race. They are doing well. We are rooting for them. And so our big Valentine's Day was watching last week's episode on DVR because I was out of town. The new episode airs tomorrow night. So rooting for Ryan, of course, here on The Guy Benson Show. I am headed down to the Big Easy, as I just mentioned. The next few days we'll be broadcasting from New Orleans, Louisiana. We will talk to you then, same time, same place, The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch, Wednesday edition on the Guy Benson Show. Thanks for being here, GuyBensonShow.com. I'm in Louisiana, New Orleans specifically, for the next couple of programs. And as I teased before the break, on today's home stretch, which is available, of course, on the free podcast, as is the whole show every day, on demand, no charge, GuyBensonShow.com. So last week, as we mentioned briefly, our team member here, Wyatt, lost a grandparent, and that's obviously a very difficult thing, and he was off for the week, and we just wished him and his whole family well and expressed our condolences. Producer Christine was kind enough to represent our team at the wake, and I guess because she was at this wake and was meeting members of Wyatt's family and extended family, she gleaned some intelligence into, I guess, nicknames and other family-related stories that might involve Quiet Wyatt. So I'm just trying to figure out, Christine, am I right about all of that so far? And are you about to tell embarrassing stories about Wyatt that you only know because of a death in his family? Is that what we're doing here? That's exactly what we're doing here. Classy, right? That's what we're doing here. (laughs) Okay, I was sort of hoping that maybe that wouldn't be the case. And you'd be like, oh, no, you've got it all wrong. Let me explain. No, no, I've, I've somehow uh, I've nailed it here. And perhaps against my better judgment, we're going to proceed as planned. I guess the floor is yours. I, I have nothing else to add here. I don't know what's coming. Well, it's not often that, uh, one, you go to a wake or a funeral and get some embarrassing information about your coworker that you can use on a national radio broadcast. So, uh, score one. That's usually at, for example, a rehearsal dinner at a wedding where the best man gets up and tells some stories, right? And the groom kind of blushes and everyone laughs. And that's how this type of stuff gets divulged. We're doing this in a different context, so a little unorthodox, which is not unusual, I guess, because it's cookie involved, but go ahead. And uh, number two, it's not often that one goes to a wake to pay their respects of someone who passed and leaves that wake with a balloon animal. But uh, here we are, and uh, what? both were accomplished. So, Wait, they were doing balloon animals at a wake? So let me start from the beginning. Um, first off, <laughs> oh my God. to keep this classy and respectful, again, our deepest condolences to Wyatt and his family for the passing of YY's grandmother. That being said... Oh, boy. I, okay, YY is Wyatt. And and I just want to say, that was 
nice of you to say, but it felt a little perfunctory. Some box checking. I don't know it's that like, word. Okay, that being said, with our respects to the dead now out of the way, let's move on to this thing. Perfunctory. I like it. Um, okay, so I I went to the wake, and Wyatt's family is just lovely. Um, they are all huge fans of the show, huge fans of yours and of mine, of course. And <laughs> it was nice to, you know, meet the people that created our amazing Quiet Wyatt. Because as we always have said, or okay, maybe have I've always said, he's the favorite of the show. I just know it. You have favorites, and he is the favorite. And no, I'm, you think I play favorites? Well, we just know. You like him better than me. I just know it. Oh my gosh! Okay. So anyway, so that's the hypothesis going into this. Did you did you happen to ask them by any chance, his parents and others? Did he emerge onto the scene as an infant, smoking a pipe like an old man pipe, with a cardigan sweater and a tweed jacket, reading a print edition of the Wall Street Journal? Because that's how I imagine him on day one. I didn't ask that, but, I mean, I just am going to assume that is the case, except definitely no pipe. Like, I feel like he would never, never do that. That's that's too bad. But, um, so, anyway, he's introducing to me to some of the family, and we're chatting, and then in walks this lady, a, a very, very nice lady, and I believe she is a family member, but they basically, you know, she's like, I'm sorry, she's a friend of family, but she's basically family to them. And Wyatt looks at me and says, she's a clown. And I said, what? And he said, no, she, that's her job. She's a clown. And she then. And you were like, hang on. There's not enough room for two of us in this room. <laughs> so you had to go confront her. I told you. <laughs> so she hands me her business card because I'm now intrigued that she's she a has clown. business cards. Yeah, she's a clown. Like, that's what she does. You know, she does parties. And does the business card have any sort of like trick? <laughs> or is it just straightforward? I actually have the business card. Oh, I should have brought it into the studio. I have it in my purse. Uh, and then she proceeded to pull out balloons and then just, you know, blow one of those long balloons up and then very quickly turned it into a ladybug with like a, <laughs> a brace. Ladybug. Yeah, with a bracelet and then put it on my wrist. So now I'm walking around <laughs> with a balloon animal. Did you ask for any of that? No. I No, I did not. No, I did not. <laughs> and actually, at some point, I kindly put it into my purse because I didn't feel it was <laughs> respectful. It felt a little odd that I was walking around mm. with this giant yeah, lady. Incongruous, bug. perhaps, to have a, uh, a balloon animal attached to your body at a wake of a stranger. Correct. So I put it in my bag, and then she came over to me, and she goes, where is it? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's in the bag. I'm sorry. But her and I began to talk, and then she tells me that not only is she a clown, but our very own Wyatt was a clown himself. Oh, a, stop. Yes, yes, and his name was Y.Y. the Clown. And he, he, makes, he makes balloon animals, too. And he's very good at it, and he used to show up. I can't hold on. He used to show up at like soccer fields and he had a sign that said, Why, why the clown? And I guess he dressed up and he would like make balloon animals for kids. Like uninvited? Yeah, I guess so. It's like like a lemonade stand, but it was like a like a traveling solo clown show. I'm not really sure. You have to kinda I mean, at this point now, like it's hard for me to Realize that I'm still at a wake. It's hard for me to process what she <laughs> she is saying because all I'm thinking is, remember all of this, Christine. You have to remember this for air. You have to remember this for the radio show. <laughs> and now Wyatt's getting a little embarrassed. Oh, he's standing there. Yeah, he's, he's standing right there. And I'm looking Good. at him, and he's not saying much. But then, you know, some of his family <laughs> members come over and confirm. I think his father confirmed that, yes, he was a clown. And I, I believe he showed me a picture of Y.Y. the clown, like dressed up as a clown. Um, I, it was, <laughs> I normally am not very surprised by things, especially from Wyatt. You know, he, I was. He's a surprising guy and he's had a lot of side hustles through the years, right? From the apple orchard to, I guess, stuff that he was doing. Baking. In high school. Yeah. He would bake and sell stuff in high school. 
right? He would sell, am I remembering correctly, he would bake stuff for, like, school dances, sell them, but not attend the dance. And so Wyatt, Wyatt's an intriguing, unique sort of fellow, but the clown stuff, I mean, I, I truly, I am shook. I was not expecting this at all. It has been I very... mean, we have, we have one court jester here, and to my <laughs> knowledge, it was not him. So, Wyatt, I have to now bring you in, and, and I will also add our condolences to your, to your family. I mean, it might feel kind of empty, given that we have now spun off into this nonsense based on intelligence gathered by producer Christine, who is, of course, a trained intelligence officer, as we've established earlier, at this wake. Is she exaggerating, or is this all true? Oh, so, Guy, thank you guys for everything. You guys are the best um, with everything that happened with my grandmother. And um, I have to correct the record on some things, but some of it is true. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, very, I'm a very entrepreneurial person. Um, but it started when I used to go to my brother's soccer games and this woman that Christine met at the wake was, uh, the grandmother of one of my brother's, uh, teammates. And so I would sit on the, on the sidelines bored, not really into any of the sports stuff. And she was there and one day she started making balloon animals. So I watched and then I, she's like, you do it. And she showed me how to do it. And then. I just continued to do it, to do it, as to do something fun at these soccer games. What and animals then, can you make, Wyatt? Oh, I could make, like, I could make a lot. <laughs> you could do a dog, a flower, a sore. I mean, I used to do all these different things. Could right? you and do, just, could you do, this is crucial for Christine, could you do a pony? <laughs> I don't know if I could do that, but I used to do all different kinds. And, I mean, it was as you can tell, a very highly unusual thing to be doing on the sideline of a yes. soccer game. Yes. And so other people would, would want in and, and want to get balloon animals for their kids. And so then I came up with the, the bread idea to pitch this thing to, to make balloon animals at all these soccer tournaments that I was going to uh, in my town. And so they hired me. And at a very young age, like I, I you know, like what? 11 to 13 i don't know i would come to these soccer tournaments and make like five six hundred dollars um from the soccer field place and then also on top of that make tip money from people tipping me because it was like kind of a circus act in itself to have a kid twisting balloons and doing this so it just became were you dressed thing. up this is a this is a very important question were you dressed up as a clown yes Yes, I was. There are there are photographs oh, that are, are deep in the vault. So like that will, big shoes be... and, and squeaky nose and makeup and all that. Yeah. Yep. Huh. So okay. it was. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> but it just it became this whole thing. And it was like you said, one of my side hustles. I always have a entrepreneurial, you know, uh, aspiration of different things, whether it was through my baking business or different things like that. And this just happened. And I mean, like I said, I, I was making hand over fist, making good money doing this, but also kind of enjoying it because it was something for me to do while my siblings played sports at these big soccer So, so what's the which... fact check then? Like you said that you had to fact check some of this. Well, Seems like she, Christine well, kind of nailed this. Said that I just, well, she said I just showed up. No, I was hired. So there's a difference there. I, my services were wanted. They weren't not, you know. <laughs> I, I was hired, so I, I used to do it, like, you know, at all these soccer tournaments, and it was this, this whole thing. Um, and is yeah. YY just your, based on your name? Yeah, and it's only two Ys. It's YY, but I mean... Oh, but, so there's so, no Ws involved? No, no, it's just YY. But, like I said, this was something I did a long time ago, um, but this, this woman is very close to our family, and she's older as well, but she was close to my grandmother... And so she wanted to be there. And she also just makes things fun, you know, in such a sad time like it was for us. She knew my grandmother. And so she wanted to bring a little fun and lightness to it and really, really lightened up the place with, with this, with Christine. So, you know, we tried to keep it a little, a little, little fun. Wow. Well, <laughs> I'm sort of amazed by this story. And the only thing I can say beyond that it's sort of sweet and how we again – just want to extend our best to your family, is that maybe you could bring YY the Clown 
out of retirement for the farewell party on Eyesore Lane for producer Christine when the house is finally sold and they're moving out. Maybe you can come entertain all the kids with some balloons and producer Christine can hire you. That's just, I'm putting that out there as a possibility. I think Megan and her little friends would love it. Christine? Uh, This has been discussed. Not about the farewell party. And just so you know, (laughs) I get so nervous. You said farewell party for Christine. I thought... I, you were going to tell me <laughs> No, not something. that kind. No, that, that's coming soon enough, of oh, course. Oh, okay. But, but um, no, no, I, I, meant, I meant when you're moving out. Yeah, well, I did tell, and I'm sorry, I don't know her name, so I did tell the, the actual clown at the, the wake that I would hire her for a birthday party for Megan, but only, only if YY shows up, too. Uh-huh, so that was your contingency. You know his price, five $600, apparently, so you might want to start saving up, right? You have your Christmas savings account maybe you need a why why the clown savings account very quickly dan our engineer please tell me you have never been a clown of any sort i have not i have not been a clown um so you're clear okay. on that. good yeah no it's i i could not be surrounded by clowns so it's at least two on two right now we've got a second go. I'm not, i I'm not don't a clown. even know i mm. well many people are saying christine many people are saying we got to go, though. We're up on the clock. The show's over. I have to process this information. I'm learning this as you all are. Maybe I'll go to the gym and just sort of sweat it out and add one more strange level to the onion that's been now peeled back here on the team, the Guy Benson Show. Why, why the clown? Unmasked by Cookie at a wake. <laughs> you can't pick it up. It's only on The Guy Benson Show, back here tomorrow. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show on this Thursday from New Orleans. Thanks for listening. GuyBensonShow.com, podcast free every day. So yesterday, during this segment on the show, The Home Stretch, we learned about the revelation of YY the Clown. Quiet Wyatt, our associate producer here on the show, was a balloon-bending, costumed clown as a younger man. And he would charge a good amount of money to come in and make these animal balloons for kids at events and soccer games and that sort of thing. And he wore all of the regalia, although curiously we have not gotten the text message with the photos that he says exists of him as YY the Clown. And one thing that stood out to me in that conversation as I reflected on it last night was that Wyatt made quite a lot of money, right? Especially for being a middle schooler, I guess, at the time. Five or six hundred bucks for an afternoon at a soccer tournament, plus tips as he's making all sorts of little, you know, animal balloon gifts for the kiddos and what have you. Five to six hundred dollars a lot of money for anyone, but especially like if you're in 12 or 13, that's a that's a good amount of money. And I wonder how many animal-shaped balloon characters would YY the Clown have to make in order to be able to afford a new condo or unit at this brand-new complex that's being built. And I guess it's more than one. There are new communities being built by Disney. These are Disney residential communities. And I know that they've had these, I've heard of them in Orlando, around Disney World, for the Disney fanatics. With a lot of money, they buy their own condo down there, and so they can go and stay and have all the access to the park and so on and so forth. But I guess they're bringing these Disney communities elsewhere. They're expanding beyond just kind of like backyard Disney territory. Do I have this right, Wyatt? Yes, Guy. Um, Also, I just appreciate the YY tie-in to this conversation. But yeah, so basically Disney is building (laughs) new communities um, that are are not like the parks. Because me and Christine talked about this earlier today. They are not like Mickey Mouse and Star Wars. They're just built and operated and run by Disney. And it's the quality of of a Disney resort-like place and so they're they're going to be like uh like resorts but you could live at them 
and where is this happening? The first one is going to be in Palm Springs, California, and then they're going to expand to other locations around the country, I guess, if they, they, uh, they make out big. Do they have any plans to build one of these communities in Xinjiang province? Not, China, not that you, I'm aware no, of. No, okay, because I know they're, they're tight, Disney is, with the Chinese government and the Communist Party out there thanking them for letting them film, for example, movies in Xinjiang where the genocide's happening. So, you know, maybe they could develop for, like, the, the high-level Uyghurs. They can maybe have an opportunity to be uh, concentration-camped in a Disney community in the future. That's just something that maybe they could put on the bulletin board over in the brainstorming session there at Disney. Uh, but moving past those politics of this, are these going to be very expensive communities to live in? Because my understanding is the residences that they've built right by Disney World are quite pricey, but also pretty high end. Yes, yeah. These are I'm I'm sure are going to be. I think one of part of this this new community is going to be a uh, an over fifty five community, um, but I do believe they're going to be in the you know several million dollar range, oh, uh, wow. just like the ones like like you said in Disney, that that community there right next to the to the property. I mean, they're in the same range, but they are very high end luxury resort like communities that I mean, people people buy. That's a lot of balloons, YY. I mean, you better start getting on it here. I mean, you got to these side hustles. You got to, you know, maybe expand them. Maybe you could go and do some cross promotion on Shark Tank, which is, you know, ABC, Disney. You could say, look, I'm YY the clown. I've got this business. I do balloons and I want to buy a Disney condo for myself and they could just kind of do a tie-in i know that's not fox but again it's a side hustle just putting some ideas out there would you in all seriousness if these communities you know catch on and they're successful and they're nice is this the type of thing where you would say to yourself i would like to live there as an adult or i would like to even retire to a disney community yeah, possibly. I, again, I want to reiterate what I said before. These are not like Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck like communities. These are luxury communities that are built by Disney, operated by Disney. It has the Disney touch of luxury and quality. But I possibly, I mean, I, are you disappointed I, I think, that there's no Mickey Mouse? I feel like oh. maybe you could create a, a Mickey Mouse costume and sort of go around, hello, like go around the neighborhood just to really give a little extra disney flair yeah i don't know about that but i i would like i think most people i don't know i think either a retirement type thing or a second vacation home type of situation that people would buy these for i don't think most people would primarily be living in these houses um or like i said it's like a resort so i think it's more of a vacation rental type thing yeah i see i see so maybe this could be uh an investment property type opportunity which probably has christine's ears perking up because she's always looking to make a buck and she's got all sorts of schemes christine are you a yay or a nay on you know disney gardens or whatever you're going to call this type of place i am a complete nay i don't mean to be a debbie downer but here i am well debbie downer that famous sketch from snl was at disney world if i recall correctly she really bummed out goofy (laughs) oh yeah Yep. I loved that SNL. Those oh, it's an all-time classic. Um, Rachel Dratch. Oh, I love her. But I don't know if you remember this guy, but in the 90s, in the mid-90s, Disney tried this out already in right outside of Orlando. There was an entire town called Celebration. And it was... Oh. <laughs> Tense laughing. And it was built amongst the idea that, you know, like these are the people that created Disney and this is the perfect community, exactly what Walt had in mind. And it basically, I can't say the the S word on air, but it, that's where it went. Um, Disney decided mm-hmm. to sell off, started selling off a lot of it. I don't think they own any of it right now. And it's just gone to the well, I don't want to say that people are living there because people still do live there, but it's nowhere near the idea of what Wyatt has in his mind. Yeah, the promise was perfect. not fulfilled. Not at all. And also, I have a problem living in a town that's controlled by a corporation. 
they could like they can weigh in on anything. What about the movie theater? What if Disney doesn't want the, the the certain movies played in their movie theater, or how your house is painted, or what if uh, they? She makes it like a Disney cult. But what if they didn't situation. like my deck, my decor outside during? Well, they Christmas. would be correct about that. They would be very correct about that. They would have like a SWAT team of Disney characters fly out of a truck and confiscate all of your inflatables and then speed off. That would be plus. That would actually that would make me like this neighborhood more. I'm just imagining Wyatt, you know, years from now, decades from now, he's 90 years old, he's still reading the Wall Street Journal, and, you know, you want to send him a Christmas card or a birthday card or something, he's like, oh, yes, you can reach me. I'm at Goofy Towers at Disney Gardens. Right? That, that, I think that's plausible. I can't. <laughs> I'm like crying. Right, right. I mean, that's that's where he'd live, and you know, it'd be a bunch of Disney people all in one place. And I know there wouldn't necessarily be all the characters floating around all the time. But again, I think if he could be YY the Clown, he could be Mickey for a day, every so often, just to you know brighten people's spirits. I mean, people, I... people invested in Disney here for a reason. I don't think anyone's going to object to Mickey. Walking down the street, although you don't want to be like one of those Times Square knockoff Mickey's, you know, where he's going around. That could be another side hustle in his old age. He could be like pressuring people to pay him for photographs like they do in Times Square with his homemade Mickey costume, except he's like 85. And these people are all at like a Del Boca Vista type thing in Boca by Disney. And, you know, he can... Wyatt seems very quiet and unassuming, but, you know, the the man needs to pay his bills. And maybe he could strong-arm some of these old folk into paying for these photos that they don't want. I don't know how we've gone down this path where he's now an extortionist. That's, <laughs> that's, where, that's where this conversation went. Oh, uh, boy. Well, okay, uh, keep me posted on this. I, I don't think I'm going to be flocking down to one of these spots anytime soon, but... Never say never. I'm an open-minded person, and I'm not surprised that Wyatt was all over this story. He was texting us earlier. He was on the list in his email of possible stories. Wyatt, did you actually discover this through the Wall Street Journal, or are you on some sort of, like, Disney mailing list where you get alerts to your phone when there's ever, like, Disney in the news? Um, I just saw it on Twitter, and I saw it on the Wall Street Journal. I had to read it on there, but... I'm just, I have to say, I am happy that I have now become the new Christine of of this home stretch these past two days. Just for I, a I've few enjoyed, days. I'm loving it. I've enjoyed it. that. Yeah, Christine's like, can <laughs> we keep this going? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, we need more YY the Clown related topics here. So we continue on this. Very quickly, Wyatt, we're almost out of time. If you had to choose for the rest of your life, you can either have Disney or you can have Rook Coffee, but not the other. It's exclusive. What do you pick? Oh, I think coffee. I think it would have to be the coffee. Oh, somewhere Mickey. Mickey is so, oh, no. He's very disappointed by that answer, Wyatt. (laughs) He wants you to think about that answer. You're going to go sit in the corner, and you're going to think about that answer. Okay, why, why the clown? That's your task for the next few hours back here tomorrow. Friday edition of the Guy Benson Show from New Orleans. We will talk to you then. Home stretch on a Friday. Oh, good vibes. From New Orleans, it's the Guy Benson Show. Thank you very much for being here. Just a few minutes together until the weekend, and we're going to have some fun as we try to do this segment every day. Starting with producer Christine, I feel like this is probably a date circled on your calendar every year. Today is National Wine Drinking Day. It is a whole day dedicated to Mama's Juice. It happens to be a Friday Do you have plans this evening to celebrate this national holiday that was seemingly invented for you and people like you? You know what is so strange? I was just telling Dan about it this week. I don't know what happened once I got COVID, but I really haven't been drinking. Um, Maybe a couple glasses of something on a, you know, Saturday night, like a Cosmo or two. But, um, yeah, maybe I'm going to get back on the... uh, here and start drinking some wine tonight well i mean it is national wine drinking day so i can't imagine why you wouldn't i mean it seems like this is a day that has been created 
by someone with your type of imagination. This is like the day of your dreams, and it's a weekend. I know. This is exciting stuff. I think I, I think I will probably partake. I'll see if Bobby would like to join me. We do have some a little bit of celebrating to do tonight. So. Okay, so that was going to be my next question. Can we raise a glass tonight to something specific? I know that you had a big milestone approaching or a big sort of a development potentially coming down the pike on your house selling process. Yes, we were waiting for the last piece of the puzzle, which was the appraisal. It needed to appraise, our house needed to appraise at a certain amount in order for us to get the full offer of um, our last, you know, potential buyer. So yesterday, the appraisal not only came back, but came out back much higher than what we actually needed it. So we, I think we're almost done. I think we're just waiting on some paperwork and then we're going to set a closing date, which should probably be early April. And I think we're really moving. Wow. So the closing is now, what, weeks away, it sounds like. Do you have an apartment? Weeks away. Do you have an apartment lined up yet? We do not. We do not. So I, feel like I don't know. That seems important. Yeah, I know. We're, we're getting there. The, our lawyer said just wait. He was just worried because once you put the deposit down on uh, the apartments that one that we want, you only have like three days to you know god forbid something happened you know to pull out so we were just waiting but luckily the apartment building that we're planning on moving into just opened a whole second phase so i think we'll be there'll be wide availability right and if not i just figured i think i believe you have a third floor so maybe oh no that's that's taken that's taken that's adam's office yeah sorry sorry we could help maybe for a day or two Plus, I mean, that's so far away from Megan's school. You know, I, I think it's probably for the best that you can maybe explore. Oh, no, no. They can, they can go stay somewhere else. I mean, I'll come down there. Oh, just you personally. So Bobby and your daughter <laughs> would live in New Jersey. You would come down to us. Yeah, that makes sense. Is it the same apartment complex that you had showed me? Yes. Okay. Ugh, it's so nice. Like, that's like Bobby and I were just, like, staring at it again last night because we just the pool and everything is just so nice. So we're very very excited to spend the summer Sounds like the Ron Paul gif. It's happening, right, is what I'm hearing from you about selling the house, and the last check mark has been ticked in the box. So I guess almost full congratulations, and you do have something to celebrate on National Drinking Wine Day. For me, I had National Drinking Wine Night yesterday because we went to dinner at one of my favorite restaurants, not just in New Orleans, in the country, and this was my third visit to this place, Christine. And I know that you were, like, very curious about it. We got off the air yesterday. Oh. And usually you're like, oh, you know, good show. I thought this interview was good. Here's what we've got lined up for tomorrow. What do we want to do in terms of guests? The first thing you said to me was, what restaurant are you going to? What's the name of the restaurant? Because I knew you wanted to Google it and sort of peruse the menu. So is your interest peaked? Is your curious Christine curiosity at a 10? Oh, 100%, because you, when you were ending the show yesterday, you were saying, or maybe you said this off air to me, that you said that when you go back, meaning last night, if the meal was as good as you remembered or as, you know, it was before you were going to put this on your top five restaurants of all time. And I know, I know you've been to some of, if not probably the best restaurants ever. Yeah, I'm so a big foodie, and so, stuff. no, it's it's definitely high praise coming from me if I think it's one of the top five restaurants in the country, and I can confirm that Pesh, which is P-E-C-H-E, Pesh in New Orleans, is formally on the list now because I've had lunch there once and now two dinners over the course of maybe six years. Every time I come to New Orleans now, I make sure that I get to Pesh, and not only have I never had a bad dish at Pesh, I've never had a dish that I would call mediocre. Like every single thing I have ever ordered and consumed at this restaurant has been very good to exceptionally good. And last night was no exception to that rule. We had a few cocktails. It was a fun group. A buddy of mine from college, Colin, his wife couldn't make it, which was sort of a bummer. And then Mary Catherine Ham and her husband and their 
newborn also came along. So it was technically a table for five, but it was really four adults. And we had a nice leisurely two-hour dinner, and it was just absolutely fantastic. Some cocktails, a little bit of wine. They specialize, as you might have guessed from the name, in seafood. We didn't get exclusively seafood, but it was a seafood-heavy order, that's for sure. And I can't even get into all the details of why it's so good. I would just say two dishes in particular stand out, and I've had these two dishes every time that I've been there. One is a homemade pasta with like a bolognese sauce, but it's shrimp, but it's it's ground oh. shrimp. And that might not sound what? terribly appetizing. It's like ground beef, right, or ground bison, but it's it's shrimp meat, if you will, ground into a meat sauce, which is this really rich, absolutely delicious Italian sauce over this homemade pasta. And it doesn't taste overly shrimpy or overly fishy, but there's definitely a seafood hint. And we got two orders of that for the table because we knew that one just was not going to suffice. So we had two orders of that, and I have to admit, I came very close to waving the waitress over and ordering a third because it was so good and we we needed more. But we decided, no, we'll do dessert instead. The other thing, and this is what always like surprises me. I don't know why I get surprised every time, but it is not the type of thing that I typically go for. I try when I'm being good to sort of minimize carbs and not do a ton of breads and pastas. Obviously, that went out the window last night at Pesh. They have an appetizer. I think they call it a snack. That is just called fried bread with sea salt. And I'm telling you that if I showed up at a restaurant and saw that on a menu, I would not order it. I just wouldn't. But the first time I was there years ago with Colin, who introduced me to this place, he's like, we have to get the fried bread. Let me describe to you what this dish is. It comes in a little bowl, and there's maybe six or seven. You know the donut holes that Dunkin' Donuts does, the munchkins? Yes. Okay. Picture that, but deep fried, very warm, like fresh out of the fryer, so hot, perfectly salted with sea salt, and it's savory. It's not sweet at all. That is, like, problematically delicious, and they go so fast. Like, we ended up getting, Christine, four orders. Of the fried bread. No. For the table. We got no. two to start, which was probably a dozen of these things, three each. And then about halfway through the meal, Steve, Mary Catherine's husband, says, would you guys want some more of that bread stuff? And we all looked around. We're like, yeah. So he called the waitress over. He's like, you know what? Can we do two more of those? And the thing is, they're great on their own, but they're especially great if you sort of break it in half. You can use it to sop up the various sauces that come with the other dishes as well. And honestly, like, I could just rave about this place. I know New Orleans is chock full of absolutely famous restaurants. Commander's, Brennan's, the place that I went on Wednesday, Pascal's. There's a whole list of them that have great history and amazing food. We went to a party late last night that had beignets from Cafe Du Monde, which is very famous here. This place is known for its food and its drink and its partying, and we're leading up to Mardi Gras. We saw all the floats ready in a parking lot to start doing the parade stuff for Mardi Gras. I'm getting out of here, I suppose, at just the wrong time, or maybe the right time, depending on how you look at it. But, like, Mardi Gras season is upon us. The city is known for its partying and its cuisine. And I'm just saying, as a non-New Orleans expert by any stretch— I would come back here, even if my dear friend and his wife and family didn't live down here, and I didn't have a reason like, you know, a work thing or a speech like I did this week, I would come down to New Orleans for the purpose of eating at Pesh. And that's how good I think it is. And it would be number one on my depth chart of any restaurant I've been to in the South, with the one exception maybe being Husk in... Nashville and Charleston. That is an amazing restaurant as well, but Pesh might slightly edge it out. They're, they're neck and neck, but those would be two of my top five in the country. You've got to get down here and try it, Christine. Um, I have a question for you. Is it one of these types of restaurants um, that, like, oh, what's that one? The French Laundry. Is it impossible, impossible to get in? Did you get in because you're Guy Benson? No, no, you can get in, and that's the other thing. I should have mentioned this. It's not insanely expensive. Like, with 
all of the courses. We ordered a ton of food. We got dessert. We had cocktails. We had wine. It was about $100 a person, including tip, which, again, is Whoa. not cheap by any stretch, but oh, it is very affordable given how good it is. That also factors into my equation of why I love it this much. So anyway, it's Pesh, P-E-C-H-E. They're not paying me. It's not a sponsor. I wish they could be. But it's one of my favorite spots in the country, and we had such a fun time there last night, and I'll have to come back. In the meantime, we are bidding farewell to New Orleans, getting off the air here, heading to the airport, heading home. I'll be back here on Monday from New York City Fox News headquarters. It's the Guy Benson Show. Have a fabulous weekend. We will talk to you then. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.